Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. the genius in you, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Now, Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth creator of Namology Science, and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. In each weekly show, you hear the fascinating ways that other people have discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish. And at the end of tonight's show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. Now, all over the world, people want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset as they utilize the gifts that we see in their name when we use Namology Science. So how does someone express their creative talents? How does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that everybody benefits? Our expert tonight is Reverend Michael Carter, who has an amazing track record for his ability for examining UFO phenomenon. Now, Reverend Michael J.S. Carter started out in Baltimore, Maryland, and then he moved to New York City, and he worked there for 27 years as a professional actor before he moved to Asheville, North Carolina, where he resides today. Now, he graduated cum laude from the College of New Rochelle, and, hit, and the, then he received his master's in divinity degree from the Union Theological Seminar in New York City in 2000. He served as a staff chaplain in different hospitals in New York City, as well as the chaplain in different Unitarian Universalist congregations. It was while serving in this capacity that he trained others in anti-racism, and he did such a great job that President Carter recognized him. I think it's Carter, or is it Clinton? It's Clinton. It's Clinton. All of a sudden I went, oh no, I think I'm in the wrong era. Thank you, Michael, as Clinton recognized him. Michael has written articles on UFOs and religion for numerous publications, including UFO Magazine and Alien Encounters. And he's spoken at different UFO conferences, including the ARE, Ancient Mysteries Conference. Now, Reverend Carter has been on both television and radio shows like Coast to Coast across the nation, besides being interviewed by well-known celebrities like Shirley MacLaine. We're so pleased to have him with us tonight. He's also authored numerous books, which we're going to be discussing as I keep firing questions away. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, Michael. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. So my first question for you right out the gate is, how did your life change from when you were an actor to becoming a reverend? Well, it tra- it changed it changed in this way. Being an actor, and uh, this is not a critique, it's, it's just an observation, is a very egocentric profession. And it's that by nature. 
because A, you're constantly trying to find work. It's the only profession that I know of where there's probably a 90, 97% <laughs> unemployment rate on any given day. And, you know, you're constantly focusing on your career. I need acting classes. I need pictures and resumes. I need to find an agent. I need uh, to do, to take more dance classes, more acting classes. So it was kind of I, 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 I. And again, that's not a critique. It's just part of the business. And that's why I made the transition to ministry because deep down I always wanted to be a minister because I wanted to serve and it's hard to serve when you know your whole existence is really around your survival because even big stars have to audition so that was the biggest change that came over me I used the skills that I learned how to deliver a message I used those skills that I learned in the professional theater and I just they translated very easily to speaking to a congregation or to an audience and so it was almost like a step in preparation for the transition to a different career so I was just thought they're such diverse careers so that's why I was just so you know interested in and in how that transition took place you wrote a book called God Consciousness, a 30-day meditation manual to God-centered thinking. Now, I happen to feel that the best thing somebody can do for themselves is to start meditating on a regular basis. So when I saw your book, God Consciousness, only 30-day meditation manual to God-centered thinking, I thought, miracles happen, only 30 days? So please talk to us about this. Well, I'm not saying that you can achieve consciousness in 30 days that I think is a lifelong journey but it is a way as you said uh, to still the mind uh, to be still and know if you will to um, you know to to kind of distance oneself away from the everyday noise and traffic of everyday life, to, to sit and be centered. And so I think that if you could get into, at least that's been my experience, if you can get into a practice where for at least 30 days, whether it's five minutes, whether it's 30 minutes, to just be still, you are on your way because you are training the mind. And as the Buddhists do, uh, in all contemplative traditions, it's that's that's the big that's the big obstacle to train the mind to be still and to follow the breath, and so um, that's that's why I wrote the book. I also wrote the book uh, because I was getting a reputation for being, and I'm putting this in quotes, the UFO minister. And I wanted people to know that there was more to me than that phenomenon. Yes, I've had those experiences, but they don't define me. And so by writing God Consciousness and the Metaphysics of Spiritual Healing and the Power of Affirmative Prayer, which was the last book I had written, it kind of got me into another genre, um, a theological one. But it got me out of the box that it was just easy to uh, be put in and to put myself in. 
you know, I just, I started meditating when I was 18 on my birthday and I waited because I wanted to er, a little bit earlier and I thought, no, I'm going to wait till my birthday and start the new habit so I can always know how long I've been meditating. And I think there's a transition and I know I started with TM meditation and then I went to Jack Purcell's meditation tapes and then I went to the Monroe tapes and there's been a constant progression until I didn't need a tape to get me there, I could just, you know, put myself there. Is there a favorite meditation method that you have? Yes, I started out with the silver method, uh, Jose Silva. Uh, I think it was back in the day called silver mind control. It was a form of self-hypnosis, getting you into the alpha state and that kind of thing. I like the Zen uh, tradition uh, with the, the technique of meditation where you just focus on the breath. You count uh, from, you know, on, well, you can count on either breath, but I usually do it on, uh, the exhale. You count from one to 10. So there are 10 breaths. If a thought pops into your mind, you go back to one and you never go past 10, but following the breath. Cause I found that when clearing the mind as much as possible, um, I felt the benefits more. Now, I do self-hypnosis of Shakti Gawain. I still use that tape and the silver method, and I do some visualization if I'm trying to manifest something. But I like just, just trying to clear the mind as much as possible and just focusing on the breath uh, to, to just let the quiet envelop me. That that works for me. Well, and in, in Leonard Orr in Breaking the Death Habit, he really talks about the importance of breath and breathing and and the different ways you can breathe to also put yourself there. Just And I'm just mentioning it in case anybody that's listening thinks, oh, I want to try some different breathing techniques or whatever. Um, this is the part where of the show where we always interpret a little bit about the guest's name. Are you ready for your name to be interpreted? I am, I am ready. Okay. You're very inclusive, and it's very important to you, family and relationships. And most of your lessons come through relationships and those people that you consider family, whether they're blood family or other family. Okay. Um, Your name also says that you're great at manifesting that which you'd like, that you've been raised to have fairness issues where it's very important to stand up for others, even though I don't see you from your name always standing up for yourself. In your name, it says you're learning how to make lemonade out of lemons throughout this entire life journey that occasionally occurred for us before. No, it's just strange. Okay, here we go. Ten, uh, so here we go. Q is up, coming to you at the tone in five seconds. Four, three, two. At the end of the tone, you start. The coolest thing about your name, Michael, that I really like is that the older that you get, the better life gets and that you have a really nice balance between the mental aspects in your name and the emotional aspects. You're really well balanced in that regard. So that's just some of what we can see in your name. Well, I just have to say thank you very much for that. And uh, it was quite accurate. Well, thank you. You know, I enjoy doing names. The other day I was doing one and and it was over two hours. And the only reason I had to quit was because I had needed to get on another radio show. And it was like she didn't realize so much information could be found in a name. But it's really great. Well, we need to take a break. You're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You with Sharon Lynn Wyeth on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Now, this show can also be heard on knowthename.com. After the break, we'll hear how Michael got interested in UFOs. 
Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com.
That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Sharon Lynn Wyatt, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Reverend Michael Carter, and he has discovered how the Bible supports the notions of extraterrestrials. His website is gravedistractions.com. Now, Michael, in your book, Alien Scriptures, Extraterrestrials in the Holy Bible, if I interpreted what I read correctly, you're saying that Genesis is really the story of how extraterrestrials were here and how they interacted and interfaced with humankind. So when did this interpretation or understanding of Genesis occur for you, and how did you get there? Okay, uh, before I go into that, I just wanted to give a correction. My website is michaeljscarter.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, Grave Distractions is the publishing company for my books. All right, thank you. Yes. Um, basically, I was raised in a very, uh, you know, conservative, literal Baptist uh, tradition, and uh, that worked for me for quite a while. But then as I started to grow and, and explore um, other modalities, existentialist philosophy, comparative religion, I started to realize that I didn't fit. It didn't fit with me anymore. And I was asking questions about God and what kind of God would condemn people to hell if God was loved, those, those basic kinds of, of questions. And so uh, I, I never watched Star Trek, for instance. I wasn't into sci-fi. I remember someone asking me when I was growing up in Baltimore. I forget how the subject even came up, but they specifically asked me, you don't believe in life on other planets? And I said, no. And they, say, they said, why not? And ironically, my response was, because it's not in the Bible. And here I am, decades later, arguing that there's a great possibility of it. On December 28, 1989, I had gone to the Yucatan Peninsula uh, with my girlfriend at that time to see the pyramids at Chichen Itza and Tulum the Mayan pyramids. And on the way back home, uh, it was fascinating to say the least. And on the way back home, um, I had, I was invited to a party when we got back to New York and I was too tired to go, but I went anyway. I wanted to gloat coming back from Mexico, 90, 95 degrees, had a nice tan. It was freezing back in New York. So I went to this party. I stayed for about an hour and a half. It was in Times Square. No uh, adult beverages were consumed by me. I think I may have had some deviled eggs or something. And so I stayed for about an hour and a half, and I caught the subway uh, back up to the Upper West Side, which is where I was living. That evening, well, actually that morning, I woke up, and I, I don't even remember whether I had to go to the bathroom or not or whether I just sensed a presence in the room. I turned around because I sleep on my stomach, and there was a being on the edge of my bed, about four feet tall, a chalk, chalk white colored, but had what the stereotypical, what we would call a gray, had that phenotype, but chalk white, surrounded by a cobalt blue light, and surrounded by that was this, 
I don't know what kind of light it was, but my whole room was lit up as if I was in Times Square. I thought my heart would stop. My girlfriend at the time either could not or would not wake up. So what I did, I pulled the covers up over my head and got in the fetal position. <laughs> not a macho man, am I? And I was hoping it would go away. And so I heard this sound, and it was like, like a, a whooshing sound, like I was outdoors, like the wind. And I felt like I was outdoors. And when I pulled the cover down, nobody was there. And, you know, I, I, I was agitated. I, I did wake her up. I, I, you know, I was fearing for my sanity. And I told her about what happened. I told some close friends of mine. Now, this went on uh, for about uh, eight months, close to a year. This guy had, again, three, four feet tall. He had on a tight-fitting jumpsuit that looked like it was made from Reynolds wrap. Very spindly-looking uh, uh, individual, very thin. And so... Uh, I, I went to a psychiatrist because obviously I was fearing for my sanity. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and this kept going on. And even, I don't do it so much, but for about a good 20 years, I would not turn, I would not, I would go to sleep with the lights on as if keeping the light on would keep them from coming. But, uh, but after this, I, I, I read everything I could on the subject. I exhausted it. And I had come to find out that there were a few other clergy who did not have my experience, which continues to this day. I do continue to have these experiences with different races. However, I, I, I saw that there were a couple other ministers who had written about this. Dr. Barry Downing, for one, good friend and colleague, wrote a book back in 1968 called The Bible uh, and Flying Saucers. Uh, Morris K. Jessup died under mysterious circumstances back in the 50s. Um, a woman by the name of Reverend Virginia Brasington from where, guess where, Asheville, North Carolina, uh, had written a book. There were a couple other people, and they posited the hypothesis that our ancestors uh, were, were, were describing in the parlance of their day, not being able to... Uh, uh, come to grips with the technology that they were seeing, I thought these people were gods because it, it probably uh, looked like magic to them. It was indistinguishable from magic. And I started saying, now, wait a minute. There's a ring of truth here uh, to me. And, and, and studying Native American cosmologies, uh, Asian, there's always these stories, uh, the Indian, East Indian, uh, about the flying vimanas, the flying machines. And they all talk about beings from the sky who interacted with human beings, bringing some of them bringing great wisdom, uh, 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 teaching them technological uh giving them technological gifts. And it, it got me to saying that, wait a minute, it must be, we can't be the only uh, uh, species in the universe. Uh, and so this is, it got me on the path. That's just incredible. I know that when I was in Mali, Africa, 
I went up to where the Dogons are, and they are separated from a lot of the other parts of of um, Mali. And we walked down, and they have pictures and cave dwellings and drawings of all the planets before all the planets we know of were even discovered. Yes, yes, and I'm so, familiar with that, yes. Yes, and so they very much said, uh, we are separated because we're keeping the ancient ways that we were taught by the by our space brothers. Yeah, and so um, I just I just said, hey, now now uh, I I get it why some people can't believe it. I get it while go our, our government is very hesitant about it, even though other governments seem to be a little more open about these matters. And so I I don't I'm not I I just want to be clear. I'm not saying there is no God, and if I didn't believe there was a God, I would say that. Uh, and I'm not saying that God is an extraterrestrial, but I am saying that I, I'm looking at God, if I want to use that word, you can use many words, more of as more of an energy, as more of an intelligence, not an anthropomorphic being. And I think that we've mistaken these ancient astronauts, if you will, at least our ancestors mis mistook them for gods. Well, if they could do all this miraculous thing, I'm sure a dog looks at us and looks at the humankind and the food just magically appears and the water magically appears and the and all that we do for our dogs, I'm sure in a dog's eye that the person taking care of them is a god. Uh, perhaps. I, I don't know. Maybe their God looks more like a dog. But I do realize <laughs> the cargo cults, you know, that were on, especially around World War II. You have stories of pilots landing on these remote islands and, and the native people there, you know, ne had never seen an airplane, never seen this technology. A man gets out because it was usually a man and he's got this mask on and the oxygen thing and he's probably got a weapon and flashlights and all that. I'm sure it was a mind-blowing experience. And so this is what led me to uh, uh, looking in at least not limited to, but the three monotheistic religions, because uh, as you know, some of the characters in the Quran are in the first and second, you know, Old and New Testaments. And these, these, these angels, which just means messengers, I think our ancestors were trying to say that these beings could fly. You know, I think that would be interesting to see, especially when we've seen all the cave dwellings that have now been published. In about 30 seconds, could you tell me if a miracle is still a miracle if it's caused by an advanced technology? I think it's, it depends on whoever's perceiving it. Uh, uh, again, talking about the natives uh, in the cargo cult kind of stories. Uh, th th these things are miraculous. Uh, we still have, you know, some of these things are miraculous to us today about some of the technology we have. A friend of mine had cancer or has cancer, and he's taking uh, these pills that are uh, chemo. A friend of mine had some problems with his intestines, and he took uh, some type of pill that had a camera thing in it, and so they could look into his intestines to see what was wrong because he took a pill. Would That's you hold the, that thought, please? Yes. Because we need to yes. take another break. You're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You with Sharon Lynn Wyeth on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, XZBN. Please stay tuned.
from our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net. Now, our guest tonight is Reverend Michael Carter, who can be reached via his website, at, which is his name, michaeljscarter.com. Okay, right before the break, I had asked, is a miracle still a miracle if caused by an advanced technology? You were in the middle of your answer when we needed to stop, Michael. Please continue. 
Yeah, but, well, basically, I, I would say it depends on who's perceiving it. Again, for us, because we're used to the technology, it may not be so miraculous to us, but uh, there, I, I, I argue that there are some things that are. But to an, an ancient culture, imagine going back in time, if they weren't too scared and they didn't try to harm you, um, going back with your, your, your cell phone which has a flashlight in it, which can record voices, uh, which you can, uh, you can communicate with other people. Imagine going back and, well, not even back to biblical times, maybe to 19th century. Um, you know, I, I, I would say it depends on who's perceiving it. Well, and the Indians were just amazed that the white man that came over from Europe could write something on a piece of paper and have one of the Indians take that paper quite a distance to another uh, person and then hear the same thing that that person said was written. And they thought that was a miracle. Yeah, yeah, talking leaves if you wrote something in a book. But again, <laughs> you know, Arthur C. Clarke says any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from from magic. And um, uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's it's a good question. I I, I also... You know, but then the flip side of that is, um, and we that's a large topic, but what is the downside? Um, being having so much technological prowess, what do we give up for that? so there's there's a pro there's pros and cons to all of it. Well, and same with names. I mean, every set of letters has a challenge to it and has a gift to it. I think everything comes pretty much balanced if you and which side do we want to take? Okay, can you put UFOs in a historical context versus considering UFOs in antiquity? Well, I think um, we, we we I think we just did that. That probably as far back as one as recorded history, uh, these beings were here. I mean, that's what got me. Uh, into the study of this because I had my initial experience in 1989. So I'm thinking, well, if, if I had this experience in 1989, BC, uh, CE, then probably uh, these beings have been around 1989 uh, 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 BCE and probably before. So you know, there's plenty of books written on this stuff. There's a wonderful book by a guy named Hurley, H-U-R-L-E-Y, and he has uh, paintings uh, from Renaissance time uh, that have UFO art in them. So I think if one really wants to do the research, I mean, we're talking about the Bible, uh, so that's pretty, pretty much in antiquity. The Sumerians... Uh, we're talking about this. The ancient Egyptians definitely had uh, connections with uh, off-world intelligences. So I would think as far back as, as humankind goes that uh, we've had these contacts. I remember reading an article that was in our school. Uh, it got recopied into our school paper from the um, city paper. And it said that there was no life on Earth because they had all these little objects that ran around on these pathways and kept bumping into each other so there wouldn't be a safe landing area and the air was polluted enough that you couldn't breathe without help and i mean and it went through all the different things that we just think of as normal and it was saying why it wouldn't work for them and arc bookwall 
wrote the article and his whole point was it just what criteria are we using to determine if life exists or not yeah and you know we also have the well it's kind of I would say arrogance that we think that they would communicate the same way we did if we send something up into space and they see it they'll they'll uh, respond in a way that we can uh, decipher so um, there's a lot of cultural uh, perspectives a lot of cultural barriers if you will but I think it's pretty safe to say that we're not alone it's 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 at this point in our history it's pretty it would be uh, you have to be I think even Ray Charles would see that we are not alone uh, in the universe well I remember talking to my dad about it after I read the Art Buchwald article and he said wouldn't we be fairly arrogant to think we're the only ones yeah, yeah. There's a wonderful line Jodie Foster's character has in the movie Contact with her and Matthew McConaughey, and she says, "If, if it's just if it's just us in the universe, it seems like an awful waste of space." <laughs> that is yeah. a great line. Yeah, does, yeah. Does the Bible marry the ideas of science and religion? No. I don't, and I, I don't think that th that's the role of the Bible. I think that uh, um, that that's something that we have to learn to do. They're not two distant cousins that rarely, if ever, speak to each other. I think Einstein, paraphrasing him, said that science without religion is lame, and religions religion without science is I forget the word he uses. I think that, um, and I feel that, if if these people are describing uh, technology, then what it does for us, whether it's the wheels of Ezekiel or the flying chariots that Elijah goes up in into space, then it's up to us to connect the dots. They didn't have a concept of science at, at that time, at least not the way we would understand it today. However, if our if our ancestors are talking about extraterrestrial uh, craft, which I believe they are, then it opens up the conversation. It opens us to the idea that maybe we we, we need to rethink these things. Well, other than the movie Co Cocoon, just about every movie I've ever been exposed to or seen the trailer of in the movies, we see aliens and they would have us afraid of them. So what is the agenda, per your understanding, of course, of the aliens and why they're connected to us or why they're even interested? Well, I can't speak for all because there are many, 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 many races. The universe is teeming with life. I would, I would, I would guess that some of them are curious, and so they could be here like scientists or like you see on Star Trek or whatever. They're uh, 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 meeting uh, and, and discovering other life forms. Uh, I, I think that some maybe may not have our best interest in mind, but you have human beings that don't have our best interest in mind. But I also believe on some level that we, are, that we were created by them, that we were seeded by them. And that our religions have gotten in the way, uh, unconsciously, I would say, for at the beginning, but maybe more consciously now, because they can consolidate power, that uh, uh, to, to see us, um, to monitor us. I'll give you a good example. Um, 
UFO sightings really increased uh, after we uh, dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, there, there were more sightings after that. And, you know, you, you can look at it this way. If you have a neighbor who's playing with matches, who's a danger to not only themselves, but your neighborhood, you're going to go check it out. <laughs> and so, I love that analogy. And so perhaps, perhaps because we do have... Uh, uh, technology, but not the not the the spirituality, the maturity to use it, because we're very warlike, and instead of using that technology to perhaps um, for more uh, to bring making a sisterhood or brotherhood out of our nation, out of our planet, we use it for weaponry. So we are not only a danger to ourselves but we could spread our unconsciousness to other parts of the galaxy. And so I would think that some people are just curious about what are these people going to do? Have they, do they not realize who they are or the potential that they have? So did extraterrestrials aid humans in raising our consciousness to a, a higher place? I think some do. I think so. I know from my own personal experiences, uh, my spirituality was definitely accelerated. I think if, see, okay, we're here in the West. I think if we look at the man Jesus, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. The teachings that he gave, you know, instead we've made a rock star out of Jesus instead of trying to follow his teachings. But we still grapple with the things he was saying to us. And if, 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 if your mother is human and your daddy isn't, remember Joseph is his earthly father, uh, then he's not fully human. So, well, he, you know, he very much of, could have been a hybrid. Well, I was just going to say that there's a lot of writings out there that say Abraham was a hybrid and that most of the people that are illustrated in our Bible and the ancient texts were hybrids. Well, I, I don't know if Abraham Let's was. Let's come but... back to that answer. Hold okay. on. Because okay. we need to take our last break. Time is flying by. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You with Sharon Lynn Wyatt on the X-Zone Broadcast Network on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Now, after the break, we'll find out what Michael Carter has in his name that has assisted him that you might have in your name as well. Stay tuned. studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? 
Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Reverend Michael Carter, whose website is michaeljscarter.com. Now, he's taken his ability to connect with others to a level where he's able to help others understand things that maybe some of us wouldn't have considered before and to look at things from a different perspective. So at the very end, we were just getting into, and I needed to take a break, the question as were the main characters in the Bible, like Abraham, hybrids, or were they not? Go ahead, Michael. What do you think? Well, I was going to say this. I, I, I've heard this about Abraham. I'm not sure. I would, I would at least posit that Abraham uh, hung out, if you will, with star people. Uh, but I know the, uh, the late Sumerian scholar Zachariah Sitchin um, uh, posits that um, many of these prophets were possibly um, 
hybrids. Again, I, I do bring up Jesus. I would bring up Samson. Uh, uh, his story in uh, the, the Old Testament in Judges 13. I would bring up, even though uh, John the Baptist does not have what we would call supernatural powers, but again, an angel comes, Gabriel comes to uh, Zechariah, who is uh, his father in the book of Luke, and he talks to Elizabeth about the child that's to be born. Gabriel also comes to uh, Miriam, Mary, Jesus's mother. Uh, he also uh, comes to Muhammad in the Quran. And so I would say that if these people weren't uh, hybrids from a DNA perspective, which I do believe Jesus was, but they were in the company of uh, off-world intelligences that help them with their ministries and or their missions on this planet. I'd like to, to talk about your latest book, The Metaphysics of Spiritual Healing and the Power of Affirmative Prayer. Are we separate from God or a part of God's body? How would you figure that out? Well, I, I don't like to use the word body. I try to get away from the anthropomorphic uh, depictions of, of a deity because we don't make, yeah, you know, that can be it's just not helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. But I would say that we are part of all that is. So we are part of this God consciousness, if you will. However, we believe in the illusion of separateness, which is the cause of so many of the world's problems. And I'm sure you've heard this metaphor before. Imagine going to the ocean and taking a little glass and putting some ocean water in the glass. And the ocean water begins to think that it's not part of the ocean just because it's in the glass. That's absurd. But that's what we do. We, 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 and we've been taught that. So it's not that maybe something is inherently wrong with us, but we have been taught that this God, this, this intelligence, if you will, uh, this source of all is up there, out there, and I'm over here. And so we believe in the separation. We believe that if your skin is darker, your lips are thicker, you sleep with a certain person, that you're still not part of me, that you are separate from me. And again, this illusion of separation is, is the cause of many of our problems individually and collectively as a species. Yeah, I can see that working around the world. And lately, people are taking more and more sides or more and more separations. Um, and, and it would be nice if everybody would work together and realize that we're all brothers and sisters together. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm, I'm, I don't believe I'm, I don't believe that all eight million people or eight billion people, uh, you know, you can't get three people to agree on a car accident if they see it. But I do know that, you know, human evolution does happen. It's slow, but it does happen. And, and, and if we're on a certain level of consciousness, people who may not be there, I look at them as our teachers because they can help us move uh, uh, from tolerance to acceptance. Because I believe on a deep level that the need to be right is uh, one of the biggest problems we have. I remember when I was uh, coming up, people used to say, do you want to be right or do you want to be at peace? 
because the be right is of the ego, right? I, uh, you know, and uh, who who was it that said the trouble with America is that not only does somebody have to win, oh Gore Vidal, but someone else has to lose. I thought that was very clever. I remember Dad teaching us that concept when we were learning how to drive, and he said, "When you're driving, is your need to be right and and get through that light or whatever it is?" He said, "Be really looking at your need to be right because you could be right, but you could be dead right because they could hit you and kill you." Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so now the question is, do you want to be right, or do you want to be at peace? And I, as I've gotten older, uh, and, and, you know, a little more mature, I'd like to think, a little more evolved, it, it, it's not as important for me to have to be right. If someone needs to be right in a conversation or in whatever, that's fine. It's no skin off my nose uh, because it's, 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 it's difficult enough to live my life. I, I, and I'm going to try and tell someone else what to do with theirs? I don't think so. <laughs> I think that comes with with age because I think we go through that with nah not going there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In your book, the metaphysics of spiritual healing and the power of affirmative prayer, you talk about six affirmations. Would you mind sharing one or two of those with us? Okay, um, let me look. I'm looking in. Uh, let me look here. Okay. And on day eight, one of the affirmations is for that day is all the answers I need lie within me. And I draw the parallel to Luke 17, uh, verse 21. The kingdom of God is within you or the kingdom of heaven is within you. And so I, you know, Plato tells us that all learning is remembering. That on, on a core level, no one's telling you anything new. It was always in you, but perhaps hearing it a certain way will unlock that key. And we've been so conditioned to look for saviors, for help, for everything outside of ourselves. When if we really believe that all the answers are within, all we have to do is be quiet and to go tap into that. that that's uh, what I uh, uh, was talking about there. On day nine, on day 10, uh, the affirmation is, I accept my destiny and look forward to my fulfillment. I accept the good, the good life. Since we've been taught that we're not deserving because we're miserable sinners and we don't deserve our good, you can't have good in your life if you don't think you deserve it. It's like people who think money is the root of all evil. Well, how can you have abundance? How can you draw money to you if you think it's evil? And so we have to unlearn which is sometimes more difficult than learning something new. Unlearn and turn off those voices, those tapes in our head. We come from the source, call it God, if you will. We come from good, and that's who we are. Do we make mistakes? Of course we do. We make heinous mistakes, uh, some of us. But we come from the source of all that is, and God looked at creation and said, it is good. It is good. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us? I would like 
just to, to tell people that in this, we're in a critical time, not only in our country, but on the planet, to, to not uh, believe the hype and to not to worry, to, to focus on the world you want instead of the world that you don't want. Quantum physics tells us that what we focus on, we create. So focus on the world you want to have and help manifest that. But if you focus on fear and what could happen, you can, you can manifest that as well. Thank you so much for being with us today and taking your time to share. We really appreciate that, Michael. Thank you, Sharon, and thank you uh, for having me. And uh, let us be in touch. Great. Will do. All right. Be prepared and surprised and pleased when you experience Michael Carter's books. His website, again, is michaeljscarter.com. Now, Michael Carter's name indicates that he excels at inclusivity, accepting everyone as part of the whole. This is the hidden goal for everyone who has the first vowel of an I. So if your first name has the first vowel of an I, you too have this hidden goal of inclusivity. Do you know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can be heard every weekday at various hours right here on XZBN.net radio, an X-Zone radio station, and on knowthename.com. Now tune in to hear the fascinating ways other people discover the genius in themselves and what they're able to accomplish. In every show, you continue to hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. For all the days and times of Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, go to xzbn.net and check out our broadcast schedule. If you wish to know how to read a person's name or more about your own name and how you can discover your innate genius, visit knowthename.com and give yourself the gift of a session to find out what your name says about you and how knowing what your name means can help you live to your best and highest. You're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You with Sharon Lynn Wyatt on the Exxon Broadcast Network. This is Sharon Lynn Wyatt signing off. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. 
You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. <laughs> 